0: Hello, this is Emmanuel Obunaya. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. I'm reading out of the New Heart English Bible. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ happened like this. His mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, and before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. When you look at this scripture, you notice that it clearly says that Mary was found to be with child in other words it was found out that she was pregnant before she came in contact with a man something that had never happened in nature before was made possible in the life of mary through the holy spirit this verse shows us that the holy spirit can make a scientific impossibility become possible now god had spoken through isaiah the prophet that a virgin would conceive and give birth to a child Meanwhile, such a thing had never happened before. It was a classic case of a natural and scientific impossibility. But when the time came for that word which God spoke to come to pass, God chose a virgin and sent her an angel to intimate her on what was about to happen to her. That virgin was Mary. The angel Gabriel came to her with a message. From Luke chapter 1 verse 26 to 38, we see the account of how an angel called Gabriel was sent by God to Mary. The angel brought Mary the news that she had been chosen by God to give birth to God's Son. In Luke chapter 1 verse 34, Mary asked how it would come about since she was still a virgin. She was curious to understand how God intended to bring this thing about. So in Luke chapter 1 and verse 35, the angel told Mary how the conception would take place. He said to Mary, the Holy Spirit would come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The angel said the power of God will blanket you. Now, that was how Jesus was conceived. This is why Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18 says that Mary was found to be with child from or by the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit who did that in the life of Mary is still at work today. You know, when you think about the conception of Jesus, it was a pure manifestation or what you would call a demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God. Remember that the angel told Mary that the Holy Spirit would come upon her and that the power of the highest, the power of God, would overshadow her. So the conception of Jesus was a demonstration. It was a manifestation. It was a result of the Spirit and the power of God. That is, the Holy Spirit was the one who brought Jesus about. He was one who planted Jesus in the womb of Mary. Jesus was a result of the Spirit and the power of God. You know, that brings to mind what Paul the Apostle said to the believers in the church in Corinth. He said to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, from verse 1, He said, Brethren, when I came to you, I didn't come to impress you with the way I sounded or with vocabularies. He said, I didn't come with excellency of speech. When I brought the gospel to you, that was not my focus. In verse 2, he said, My focus was Jesus Christ and what he accomplished for you. Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross and over in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 Paul said to the believers in Corinth he said my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. In other words Paul was saying I came to you preaching the gospel with the same ability that produced the miracle of the virgin birth. I came to you with the ability of God that makes impossible things possible. Now, let's apply this truth to ourselves. Let's bring it home. Is there something that God has spoken about your life that you haven't seen yet because everyone believes and has concluded that it's a natural and scientific impossibility? Is there something you would like to see happen, but then the odds are against the possibility of it ever coming to pass? Is it about your health? Is it about your finance? Or is it about some area of your life that matters to you? Or like it was in the case of Mary, Is there something that God wants you to do? But because no one has ever done it before, it seems like it's an impossibility. Listen, friend. This Christmas, God has sent me to remind you that the Spirit of God can materialize something in your life that the whole world terms a scientific and natural impossibility. This Christmas, I bring to you the Spirit and the power of God. The Holy Spirit makes the impossible possible. Now, listen to this. Here is how to engage the power of the Spirit of God. If there's something you are desirous of, find the promises of God concerning that thing in the Scriptures. Read the promises of God on that matter. Believe the promises of God. And then, through your confession, place them on your lips and begin to speak those promises from the Word of God over yourself. You know, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives is that he produces the material equivalent of God's word in the life and in the situation of the person who believes the word of God. Look at this scripture, Isaiah chapter 34 and verse 16. I'm reading out of the translation called God's word. It says, search the Lord's book and read it. Not one of these animals will be missing. Not one will lack a mate. Because the Lord has commanded it, and His Spirit will gather them together. Notice that it's the Spirit of God that gathers together what the mouth of God says. In other words, the mouth of God declares a command. The mouth of God issues an order, and then the Spirit of God materializes what God speaks. So what has God said about your life? Hold on to those things until you see the Holy Spirit gather them tangibly in your experience. You know, like Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6 says, it is not by might, it is not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 1 verse 19. This time around, I'm reading out of the Good News translation. It says, Joseph was a man who always did what was right, but he did not want to disgrace Mary publicly, so he made plans to break the engagement privately. We have seen in the previous verse that while Mary and Joseph were engaged to be married, Mary became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit before they came together as husband and wife. You know, the Jews had this um, betrothal or engagement custom where both persons, the man and the woman, made marriage promises to each other with the supports and usually with the presence of both families. So, a time period usually would go by between when the engagement was done and when the actual marriage took place. When the actual marriage would take place, the lady would then leave her father's house and then move to her husband's house. Now, it was during this time period in between the engagement and the marriage that Joseph became aware that Mary was pregnant. This verse we just read, Matthew chapter one and verse 19, is a proof that Joseph truly loved Mary. Look at this, Romans chapter 12 and verse 21 tells us that we should not be overcome by evil, but that we should overcome evil with good listen brothers and sisters you don't prove your love for someone by how you treat them when they are wonderful to you actually you prove your love for someone by how you treat them when they've done you wrong paul tells us in 1 corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 to 5 that love is kind that love doesn't think evil towards another and that love does not rejoice in what is wrong now these things clearly describe the character we see Joseph displaying here in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 19. The Bible says because he was a righteous man, he made up his mind to privately break up the engagement. Though Joseph thought that Mary had sinned by, you know, being unfaithful to him, he also remembered that Mary was someone he loved. He reminded himself that love covers a multitude of sins. You know, in his mind, Joseph allowed the rules of mercy override the rules of justice. Joseph made up his mind he was going to be kind to Mary, despite the pain of disappointment he felt on the inside. He decided that he would not embarrass her on the social media of their day and time. He decided he was not going to do anything that would make a mockery of her. Listen friends, the Bible tells us that he did this because he was a righteous man. What does that tell us? It tells us clearly that righteous people don't run others down. Righteous people don't dress down people. Righteous people don't seek to ruin people. We don't publicize. We don't share. We don't repost the shortcomings of others. Listen, we are righteous people. We don't demarket people. We know that that's against the rules of love. We know that that's against the rules of righteousness. We know that. We are aware of that. As a matter of fact, One of the manifestations of righteousness is in the respectful manner in which we treat others. Think about it. Imagine the degree of kindness, respect, and honor that Joseph was still according to someone he honestly thought had betrayed their marriage plans. In the mind of Joseph, Mary had failed a crucial loyalty test. I mean, you couldn't just keep yourself for me until you'd come and join me in my house. We've already started this process. I mean, you could not just hold yourself together. All of those thoughts were on his mind. But despite all of that, he decided he was not going to embarrass her. You know, and let me say this. Yes, there are some times when we see the need to exit certain relationships. There are times when we see the need to discontinue certain alliances, certain friendships, certain associations, certain partnerships. There will come times when we see the need to exit certain relationships that we have been in. But you see, the word of God shows us that even when we are exiting such relationships, we do so respectfully. Why? Because we are righteous people. We care about the other person's reputation. We care about how they feel. We know that we are still supposed to honor them, though we are exiting the relationship with them. This is why we don't go about publicizing their errors. We don't go about telling others about their faults and trying to bring embarrassment to them. Even if they messed up, we still extend mercy to them in the way we exit the relationship. We do so because it is who we are. We are merciful people. Brothers and sisters, this Christmas, God wants you to remember how Joseph decided he would honor Mary, though he was feeling heartbroken. Never forget this, that love treats people better than they deserve. And righteous people are people powered by the love of God. We are conscious of the fact that everything we do is driven by God's love. God willing, we will pick it up from here in our next conversation.